Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Across Time Zones. On this episode, we sit down with Brett, aka B Harmon 417. Brett is a freelance photographer and watch collector based in Bakersfield, California, and is also a board member of the Head to Head Copycat Challenge account on Instagram. His photography skills resound through his account with beautiful photographs of the amazing watches in his collection, so make sure to check him out. We talk about watches we love, ADs, sharks, lasers, and traveling. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Across time zones. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? Hello, gentlemen. Hey, thanks for joining us, Brett. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you guys for having me. How, how are you two doing? Oh, we're fantastic. Yes. Good deal. Very excited to have you. I know it's been a long time coming. No, I'm super excited to be on. Uh, I've definitely been a follower from day one and, and love what you guys are doing. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know, to be included. So thank you guys. Uh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you for listening from day one. I know. Oh, absolutely. It's great. It was probably rough early on. So thanks for sticking with us. <laughs> no, I thought I thought you guys had a I thought you guys started well and uh I mean I love what you guys are doing. It's completely different than uh you know some of the other podcasts that are out there. So uh you guys are definitely brid- bridging the gap. We're the wild west of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> that that's yeah, true. We that's just, true. We just kind of roll with the punches. In in air quotes like uh, like off white the wild wild west. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think that's what makes makes it fun though, right? I mean, we, we hope it's fun. It's fun for us. I don't know. My, my humor is sometimes completely... <laughs> yeah, it's fun, for, it's fun for us. If others enjoy it, then all the better. But we're yeah. having fun. Yeah, no, I think you guys have, a, I think, a tremendous amount of support, you know, in the watch fam, and uh, it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. I'm happy to be a part of it. Well, thank so. you, and thanks to everyone listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. And cheers to that, because, yeah, it's, it's that time of the day like early morning <laughs> for you guys anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, I just finished my coffee. I know Max is drinking something different. So <laughs> uh, This goes to my man, George. Um, Mo watches Balvenie 12, double wood. Is he the one that posted nice. that you basically single-handedly <laughs> increased their sales? Uh, <laughs> I think it was uh, the watch bloke, uh, David. I think he did. I that. thought that was funny. Yeah, I got a, I got a love letter for like a bullying. Like, where the fuck are you? Like, we miss you. <laughs> well, either way, you're doing some tremendous uh, promoting for them because uh, I know I see that bottle and and a glass of scotch every once in a while. I mean, so. I would post more, but it's um, I don't know. At some point, maybe my mom is gonna like look at my stories. I I don't I don't know <laughs> if she knows what Instagram is, but um, if if for some reason she'll find out and she watches my stories, she'll be like. My son is an alcoholic. I raised him so well. <laughs> Just tell her they're props, you know, yeah. for your photos. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I tried that. doesn't work. Like, every <laughs> bottle I buy in the house, it's like, oh, what's that? It's a prop. It's a prop for the shot. There you go. And then well, why is it empty? <laughs> I don't know. You know, accidents happen while you shoot. It's, just tell her it's the dog. There you go. Yeah. That would really get me into trouble. If if anything would happen to the dog, it's like the end of the world <laughs> for her and for me. But it's like the dog is more... Well, dogs are better than people, so... Yeah, I agree. so the dog is more important than I am, so I got used to it. That's funny. Maybe that, one of the reasons why I'm drinking so much. But enough with my therapy <laughs> session. We have a podcast to do. That's so funny. 
Cool. Well, jumping right in, um, Brett, we usually start the show with a wrist and time check. So why don't you get us started? So I'm wearing my Panerai 389 um, Luminor Submersible, and it is 9.06 Pacific Standard Time, AM. Nice. I love the Panerai. I do too. It's a great, great piece. I've had a, had a lot of uh, crazy and good adventures with this thing. So I think it's actually one of the ones I've kept the longest, surprisingly. So I will, I will say this on record. I have, after years of not ever even wanting to consider Panerai, um, Brett, yourself, as well as Evan, that we had on last week's podcast, have both yes. um, swayed me from not ever wanting to consider to slightly being willing to consider. Excellent. <laughs> well, that, that's good to hear. You know, I, I, I've kind of had a love-hate relationship with Panerai, and I, I, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm Max right now. I'm burning some bridges with some of these brands as we speak. Um, but I, I don't know. I've, I've had so many different models, and there's something that's just – I'm always just drawn to the submersible – um, you know, it is a little thick, but man, when I put it on, when I'm diving, it's, uh, it's perfect. You know, it's, it's different when you're wearing it around, uh, you know, with casual clothes and whatnot, but when you throw it on with the wetsuit and you're down, you know, 70 to a hundred feet, it's, uh, it's perfect. Hear so, that Panerai, that's, awesome. that's an ad for Panerai right there. <laughs> Should make yes. up for all the burnt bridges with so, other brands. I sure hope so. Cause I, I, I somewhat have a, a relationship with with uh with the brand in a sense but not a not the relationship that i want but you know it is what it is so. i paid a man <laughs> yeah yeah you know what's funny is i don't even know the reference of the one that i like it's i know it's a radio mirror uh-huh. so that's the ones with the wire lugs right yep. yes yeah so i know it's a radio mirror and it's the 12369 with nothing else nice and it's manual wind i couldn't tell you the reference oh, off the top of my head Oh, and it's smaller. So 42, maybe? Yeah, something like that. If anyone listening knows what reference that is, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many reference numbers. I get, I get lost. What about you, Max? I am uh, going a bit off the charts here, and I'm wearing my G-Shock. Nice. I posted the Explorer earlier, and it was on my wrist earlier, but I, uh, I just came back from walking the dog, and the G-Shock is my uh, walk-the-dog watch. And I specifically wrote down the reference. So it's a GWB5600-1E. And it's, it's got all the nice stuff like Bluetooth, um, solar, radio sync. Uh, and that's about it, I think. That's a, cool, that's a cool piece. I have the 35th anniversary, the uh, all-black metal. I think they call it full metal, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah, it's fun. That's fun. Yeah, I wanted to go get the metal, but for some reason, I feel like I still feel like the G-Shock. I need something to bang around to, like, don't don't even worry about it. Because on the yeah. metal, if you get a scratch, you're like, ah, it's a G-Shock, doesn't matter. But then it'll be like, ah, it's scratched, or maybe I'm weird. You know what? I, I have to I have to admit, I I do catch myself being a little more cautious wearing it and it's like that's what that's not what this is for you know <laughs> you should just get the um the i think i forgot what it's called but the weathered metal g-shock oh man oh yeah that yeah. one's really cool that's awesome very cool and the beauty is when uh, we had an event with g-shock uh recently and i asked him i said 
is this just a black one, the one you have, Brett, that's just been thrown in in a bag with keys and shaken to look like this? Uh, you know, because I was trying to understand the justification for the price point, because the new weathered one is, I think, double the price of the standard black one. Right. And they explained to me that it actually, it's made to, to be that way from the start. So it's not a black that is then scratched up. It's just made that way. And I think the process, I forgot the process name, but the process to do that is just much more involved and complicated, hence the higher price right. point. Instead of selling refurbished ones, or not even refurbished, like just uh, used ones. They should buy all the black ones, yeah. uh, just throw them in a ball of keys and then sell them at double the cost. Kudos, G-Shock. Well, well maybe, maybe in four years, mine will look like that and it'll be uh, worth a little bit more, right? There you go. Yeah. And um, it's uh, GMT plus two. It's 7 p.m. and I'm drinking. Hooray, hooray, hooray. Insert applause. <laughs> cheers, cheers. Yeah, I'll be drinking later when the Warriors play the Raptors for game two. Well, there you go. What do you think the outcome of that's going to be? You know, it's hard to predict. Um, the Raptors are playing with a ton of heart. It's their first time ever in a championship, or final, rather. Um, and they have a solid team, but the Warriors are the Warriors, you know? And this is the, this is, these are the moments where they shine and catch everyone off guard, even though you kind of half expect it. But either way, um, I was talking right. to... You know, a lot of people on Instagram are giving me flack because I'm a Warriors fan. Because the last place I lived before the Bay Area was Toronto. And so they're asking me, well, why are you cheering for the Warriors if you're from Toronto? I'm not actually from Toronto. I lived in Toronto. Um, and I was a Warriors fan before living right. there. So when I say that, people are like, oh, okay. But um, PB Watches <laughs> sent me this really funny message. He was like, dude, your logo is literally the CN Tower. And, and he's right. Max uh, helped me, um, as well as Mickey that we had on the show a few weeks ago, both helped me design my logo. And it is kind of the CN Tower and the Golden Gate Bridge together. Um, but what I responded to him is, anyone supporting any team would be a moron to not be happy for any team going for their first ever championship run. So... I'm not going to be a sore winner yeah, or a sore loser. The Raptors are doing amazing things, and I, I hope the best for them, and I hope they lose. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. Yeah, you know what? I don't follow too much basketball, but, I mean, when the finals come around, I'll, I'll uh, you know, read some news clippings and stuff like that. But um, I can still respect, you know, the athletes and the sport and the fans. So Yeah, for sure. Cool. And well, good luck to the Warriors. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I am wearing my Rolex Explorer 214 270. Max, I thought we were going to be twinning today, but you let me down. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> and it is 9 12 a.m. But I should add, the Explorer is back on its standard oyster bracelet with the regular clasp and everything. So I was getting ready to ask that. I was wondering if it was on the, the oyster flex or not. No, I I, uh, I took it off the oyster flex. I there's someone on Instagram. I forgot his name, but his account I think is la five. Um, what is it? Hold on, l a r five e r i k. I'll put it in the show notes, but. 
he's one of my favorite accounts on Instagram, and he recently got a new Explorer after having owned one for a while. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of picked one up used, and he put his name on an AD's list, and then the AD called him, and he got a new one with his name on the card and so on and so forth and sold his used one. Uh, but he posted photos of it brand new, and it just it made me miss the look of it on the Oyster bracelet. And so it's back on that for the time being. I was toying this morning with the idea of putting it on leather, which I've never done, but I know a lot of people mm-hmm. do, and it looks good. I think you have a lot of versatility with that piece. I mean, I, I was... That that thing on the Oyster Flex was just unreal. Like I, I have not seen that, and it looked incredible. Yeah, I'm waiting for my royalty check as soon as Rolex inevitably releases this combo because it just looks amazing. I think you've said that a time or two. They need to hurry up and send that check. <laughs> I mean, Evan is still waiting for his Super Jubilee uh, or Jubilee Batman check, so I guess I'll come yeah. after that. <laughs> you, you know, there's the wait list even for checks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to submit your photo, timestamp it, and then they verify it and wait. And then wait some That's more. Funny. So, Brett, um, jumping right in, for those who don't know you, uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, my name is Brett. I'm bharman417 on Instagram. Uh, I am a California based watch enthusiast. Uh, I started collecting. And enjoying watches from a pretty young age. Uh, I'm an avid diver, golfer. Um, I love to, you know, travel around with my my wife and my camera. And uh, I'd say I'm a pretty adventurous type of person. That's awesome. Where where in California? I know I know you're in SoCal, but where about? Yeah, I, I'm actually more in Central California. I'm in the San Joaquin Valley, um, in a smaller town called Bakersfield. Um, probably not too many people know about it. It's a smaller oil and gas and agriculture, uh, town. And, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. We, uh, we try to get out of here as, as much as possible. So as you can see from our, my Instagram and some of our photos we're we're on the road quite a bit. Yeah. I love your travel shots. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Travel Tuesday. Yes, yes, sir. Almost better than Speedy Tuesday, I think. <laughs> I don't want to say it out loud because, I don't know, maybe Fratello watches is listening. You know, they just started following me a couple of days ago. I, I, uh, I'd I, rather not speak on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Fratellos are, are good friends of the show. Um, and I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah, yeah. No, you know what? I'm just trying to mix up my feet a little bit. I... I, uh, as much as I love taking pictures of watches, like I think some of you guys have mentioned before, uh, you know, you can only, I mean, when you have a smaller collection, you can only, uh, try and make the watch look different in so many different settings. So it's like, there's a lot more out there that I love and enjoy than, than just watches. So I love travel and and food and things like that. So that's awesome. What's your favorite place you've been in your travels? Oh, my a uh, tropical place, I would have to say Bora Bora. That was pretty incredible. Um, maybe Guadalupe Island when I was diving with uh, great white sharks there. That was pretty amazing. Um, I'm I'm obviously a a water boy. I love I love being in the water. So anytime we get a chance to, you know, hit hit a body of water that has some pretty incredible you know sea life or anything like that, I that's kind of where I venture. So. 
um, I'd have to say those two places were, were pretty awesome. Nice. Was your first watch a diver? You know what? Um, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I mean, if I can, if I can back up a little bit, uh, you know, I, I always knew that I loved watches as a kid, but I could never really confirm it or validate it. You know, I, I just, I had, I knew, I knew that I recall wearing one. Um, but my dad recently sent me a photo of when I was about four years old. Uh, it was a family photo and I was wearing like a plastic swatch watch on my right hand. Um, and so it kind of, it kind of reconfirmed and validated, you know, that I, that I've loved watches, uh, you know, as a young kid. So I can't really say it was, it was a dive watch, um, per se, but, um, dive watches have really been, uh, you know, kind of a, a big part in my collection. And it's, uh, I think Panerai is, is, is kind of what started it all. So that's awesome. What was, I guess, what was the, uh, your most memorable watch throughout the years? Uh, probably this, uh, Panerai 389. I mean, um, you know, although it's a, a brick on the wrist, it's, uh, it's been through it all. Like I said, I've, I've done some amazing diving with it, uh, in Bora Bora and also Guadalupe Island, you know, with great whites. And I wore it on my wedding day. If you can, if you can visualize that trying to fit under the cuff of my tuxedo. <laughs> so I did. You didn't wear it on top of the cuff, just like a dive suit. You know what? It, it pretty much was sitting like that. I, I did switch the rubber out for a nice uh, custom leather strap, um, you know, for the day. But the next morning it was back on the rubber and we were on a plane, you know, heading to Bora Bora. So it was, uh, it was perfect. Yeah, I told you, it's, it's like an ad for Panerai. Like first you're in a tuxedo at a formal event <laughs> and then the next day you're diving in, uh, <laughs> in Bora Bora in the Pacific. Yes. Wow. Yes. It's a little James Bondish, I guess you could say. It kind of, it's kind of the way I felt. <laughs> Just a little. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, like one does. Yeah. One day I'm wearing my Panerai at a reception and the next day I'm diving in Bora Bora. You know, it's my life. There you go. There you go. You did say you were a little adventurous. I guess you're selling yourself <laughs> short. Just like yeah. James Bond would. Are you James Bond? Yeah. I could all... How do you like your martinis? <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I, I don't drink too many martinis. I know my wife does, so. Or maybe she is James Bond, like the <laughs> female version. You know what? She's pretty adventurous. I mean, she uh, she jumped right out of the boat, uh, and she's been diving with some of the sharks as well. So she's she's following in my footsteps. Um, she's uh, a, a little fearless sometimes. <laughs> so that's awesome. Ma makes for a good duo. Shout out to the fearless wives. Yes, <laughs> putting up with watch nerds. <laughs> yes, yeah. So she hasn't, she hasn't, uh, she hasn't gone on one of the great white shark dive trips yet, but, uh, we've dove with, uh, lemon sharks in Bora Bora and some other stuff like that. So she's, she's got a pretty good adventurous side to her as well. So it's cool. So the dive and these, uh, oh, go ahead, Oti. go ahead. No, you, you, you go ahead. Oh, you're so sweet. I know. <laughs> these, uh, these great white dives that you guys are doing are, are they the ones that I guess I'm picturing when the divers in a cage or is it free diving, which I guess would be dangerous or even more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're in a cage. Um, we, uh, went on a boat out of, uh, San Diego. The boat's actually docked in Ensenada. Um, I think it's actually a Canadian, uh, outfit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Shout out to the Canadians. So um, they've got, I think, two or three boats in their fleet now. But uh, long story short, um, you leave Ensenada, it's like a 24-hour uh, steam out to Guadalupe Island. Um, and then you basically anchor up uh, in this bay. And there's, uh, I don't know, four four cages off the back of the boat. And you go down with dive masters. So getting back to your question, OT, they there are... Uh, dive cages and you must stay in them at all times so <laughs> it's uh you know there, there are some rules there but i don't think i've i've i'm that adventurous to climb out of the cage that would be pretty crazy and i'm pretty sure nobody's that reckless when you have a i don't know a six meter great white staring at you yeah yeah definitely you know it's funny uh, uh I, I i look at or i kind of follow a lot of the marketing and and you know some of the the uh some of the article news articles that are out there about you know uh some of these dive trips and a lot of people say oh you know you're just there you're you're watching them in their natural habitat and in their natural environment and you know there's there's no aggression whatsoever but um i can kind of counter that statement i mean we did see a little bit of aggression uh out of a couple of them but for the majority of the time um it is pretty peaceful and pretty tranquil and incredible you know being 40 feet below the surface and kind of eye to eye with the great white but there were a couple instances that one bumped our cage and kind of kind of bit you know at the cage and uh it was it was a little scary but it was a kind of a incredible experience i mean they they kind of bait them with like flesh and blood and stuff they throw around so they show up so i think they're in like food mode yeah, you know what? I think it's actually illegal uh, for some of these charters to be technically baiting them. Um, I do know that they have on the outfit that we were, the boat that we were on, you know, they would they would put some fish in kind of a, a burlap sack and, you know, kind of smash it around and, and get that fish smell uh, in the water. So, I mean, they're, they're definitely attracted there um, by, by that, you know, sense of smell. Um, but as far as pouring the blood in the water, and I, I've not seen that. So, but yeah, I, I think you're right. They they do kind of come up, and they're curious, and uh, you know whether they're hungry or not. I I don't want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's just for show. Yeah. I mean, Max was just talking about his dating habits. <laughs> <sighs> I'm not that's even going to counter that. That's how he got me. We we, we gotta leave it at <laughs> this. <laughs> love at first bite huh <laughs> uh, <bit> of <laughs> <laughs> oh That's man funny. so um brett you you're pretty um you're pretty involved in a, <laughs> yeah no you're, you're pretty involved and in, as a matter of fact you're one of the board board members of head-to-head copycats along with uh some of the other friends of the podcast but um and I, I know max and i are big fans of that account as well but can you tell us a little bit about how did how that came to be and then for those who aren't aware what it is yeah yeah um so it actually got started originally uh with kick talk um uh, pb and watches upper crust life and uh the guy that i actually replaced uh x buddy was his instagram handle it's pretty sad i don't know his real name um, so those, those guys kind of started this little, you know, group of, of posting photos. I think they wanted to 
you know, get people engaged and, and kind of involved. And so they started a little friendly competition and it just kind of went from there. Um, and then, uh, at some point, I don't know how many, it's probably been at least a couple of years, maybe if not more, um, X buddy was, I think decided to, I don't even think he has an account anymore, but, uh, he stopped, uh, posting and, and kind of backed away. And so those three gentlemen, uh, asked me to be a part of it. And, um, you know, I, I got quite a bit of Instagram growth from that and, you know, kind of my account was seen a lot more. Um, so basically, you know, every Wednesday, uh, we just come up with a theme and, um, try to drive, uh, you know, try to drive people to the account and, and just, just have fun. I mean, that's, that's kind of what it's all about. And, um, I mean, that's, I don't know how much more to, or how further to explain, but it's, uh, just kind of a fun deal. So it's nice to get some people's participation and, and, uh, you know, get some feedback as far as, uh, topics for, for, uh, themes and stuff like that on Wednesdays. But, um, you know, we, we haven't been, we haven't been really pushing or promoting it too much. Uh, you know, I haven't put a ton of time into it cause it's like, it seems like Wednesday creeps up, uh, awfully, you know, soon. It, it feels like we just, you know, finished one and we're already starting another one. So, uh, I definitely need to be a little bit more involved in that, but I, that's about it. Yeah. You guys do a, an amazing job at that. Um, I think if anything, giving people an outlet, but also giving them inspiration every week is, is just awesome. You know, a lot of people that we've had on the show or a lot of people that listen to the show um, all love photography and watches or want to learn more about foot, f- taking photos of watches. And I think having a theme and having the ability to see what others are doing with that theme just helps you grow, gives you new ideas and inspiration. Uh, and so just on that level, I think you guys are doing a great service to the community. Yeah, thank you very much. I mean, a lot of a lot of efforts uh, really brought, you know, brought out um, from KickTalk. I mean, he's he's put on some pretty good giveaways and and he he really is, uh, you know, the man behind it. So, um, I mean, I know he spends quite a bit of time, but uh, it's been fun. I mean, it's uh, they're a good group of guys. And like you said, you're you're, uh, you know, coming up with a theme and, and we're it's it's pretty open it's uh i mean people could people could post a photo that's not even relating to the theme and you know we still appreciate the effort and you know uh it's it's cool so yeah definitely i mean uh i think last week was the favorite watch current favorite theme and you posted your uh black daytona is that still your favorite watch of the moment or do you have another one uh, you know, at the moment, uh, it, that is my favorite piece. I, I tend to grab that a lot more often than, uh, even my Submariner or, or my Royal Oak. Um, it's just, it's just a solid, uh, you know, easy wear. Um, I mean, I, I can wear it with gym clothes. I can wear it with nice, you know, nicer clothes. It's, uh, it's just a great piece. I love it. Uh, didn't you have the white one at some point? Yes, I did. I did. I uh, and you swapped it for. <laughs> I fell in that trap. <laughs> yeah, let's let's put it that way. I swapped it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I the white was uh, originally the one that I I really liked, and 
and enjoyed it for a little while and um I let it go. <laughs> so um but I, I I'm I'm a little bit more drawn to the black for some reason. So um I think it's it's I think they're both classy pieces, but um I have the white dial explorer and so I didn't see any point in having two white dials and so I thought, okay, let's go with the black and I've I've thoroughly enjoyed wearing uh, the black dial Daytona. So that, that thing is definitely, uh, it's, it's got a permanent spot in my watch box. So, so I'm, I'm not listening cause otherwise I get ideas about the black dial. So <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> well, you have plenty of black dials, Max. So you're, uh, you're locked and loaded right there. Yeah. But I mean, I, I must admit, I mean, I wouldn't sell the the white dial because I love it, but it's I, I would add a black dial if I get the chance. Yeah. That's probably one of the very few watches that I would buy at the moment. Like if I would uh, if I was offered a uh, a black dial Daytona, I would probably get it. Yeah. No, it, it's it's a nice piece. Uh, you know, owning both uh versatility, I think I think the white would be my first choice, but because I do have the you know, the modern Explorer, the 42 millimeter polar dial. I think it's, uh, I think that's enough white dial for, for my case. So, um, you know, the, the black, uh, checks a lot of boxes, so it's nice. The black dial approves. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah. And Max, I think it was your, your Panda Daytona that you submitted for that. Yeah. Wasn't it? And I won. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah thank you guys for playing along we we do appreciate it so i know of there's course. you know every once in a while we'll do a, a little giveaway or something like that but it's uh it's nice to have some you know i mean highly uh you guys have great accounts so i appreciate what you guys do so ot has the great account i'm just a random guy <laughs> that that's just a name of an account i yeah. have at the great account he's not actually talking about my account <laughs> oh, so you registered that one. Uh, nice. <laughs> New podcast coming? Huh? The Great Account? Yeah, the Great Account. I'm just telling really cool stories. There you go. Consider me your first subscriber. Perfect. And you're going to talk about cryptocurrency and investment? <laughs> <laughs> God, no thanks. Wow. Uh, though, you know, I was reminiscing with a friend, <laughs> I think last year, a couple years ago about bitcoin and about how when it first came out it was like oh this is never gonna happen and you know there's a lot of what ifs in, in that story well i have to admit i i bought some bitcoin for a little bit <laughs> oh that's cool and you still have it or did you sell it when no i actually when it was when it was falling i think i sold around nine or ten thousand is what it was the current price and uh, i never looked back well, so it's still good. I mean, depending on uh, how much you paid for it, but it's it's still decent. I think I bought in when it was around three or four thousand, so it was on the rise. Um, and when it was on the fall, is when you know I got scared and jumped out and was able to you know recoup a little bit. So it was nice. You're lucky. I wasn't that lucky. I'm I'm <laughs> so bad at this stuff, like so so bad. <laughs> I, I putting a decent amount of money in it. Uh, not Bitcoin per se. I bought a lot of stuff like Ethereum, uh, Cardano, uh, Tron, all these like smaller cryptocurrencies, Ripple, of course. And um, 
I think it, Litecoin, Litecoin. Do, even Dogecoin for some reason. I like had like 15 currencies at some point. Wow. And uh, the funny thing is it was January 2018 and uh, it was right before it started like dipping a lot. And I was like, nah, I literally doubled my portfolio. So if I, if I sold then, I would have made like 100% profit. But I was like, nah, wow. nah, I'm just going to hold on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like 90% down. And I'm st I still have everything. Yeah. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not worth much. So I'm still waiting. Right. Uh, who knows? It might. Who knows? Maybe in the future it'll go back up. In worst case, you know, yeah. you live your life. Right? Still better than yeah. one of my best friends who, um, who actually sold his bitcoins. He had ten bitcoins and he sold them off in 2016, ah. for 2016 or 2015, something like that, uh, for three hundred dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That that was before oh, wow. anything. Before the craze. Before the prices went up. That was. Back then, when nobody would give a shit about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, and there was no hype, there was any. So he just wanted to get rid of it, like ten bitcoins. Oh well, that would have been nice to sell at ten thousand <laughs> <laughs> or at twenty. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So switching the switching it back to watches, um, Brett, you um, you have a very cool collection, I must say. Thank you. Um, but if we had to ask you, what's, what's one of the most interesting out, kind of out the field watches you've seen recently? So not one of the more standard, let's say, it can be a Swiss brand, but just one, not one of the more standard brands like Grand Seiko, Rolex, Panerai, Omega, et cetera. Anything caught your eye recently? Oh, wow. Um, you know what? I, I recently took a trip, trip up to uh, Steven Silver and met up with a, uh, Robert the Horacle and got to met or got to meet Jared Silver and some people. And I mean, you know, coming from a small town, you know, we've got a few boutiques here that, that carry, you know, Rolex, IWC, uh, you know, things like that. So uh, I, I met up uh, with him and, and a couple of guys up there and, and really got to dive into, um, you know, some of FP Jorn's collection and MBNF and, I'm just I'm just oh, yeah. amazed at the, the the level of craftsmanship, um, you know that that both of those brands you know bring to the table. I mean, they're incredible. Like I I would love to own you know an FB Jorn or an MBF. I know they're I know they're both like almost polar opposite of of one another in terms of you know design and stuff. But um, I've just I've not seen any pieces uh, crafted quite like you know those two brands. So. And not one any in in particular. So, um, you know, I I like all of their all of their work. So yeah, those are definitely cool, um, cool brands. I, I saw your picture with that MBMF, which looks like a rocket or that clock. I don't even think it was a watch. Oh yes, yeah, the Starship. Yeah. I think it is or Moon Moonship or something like that. I, I don't even know what it's called. I'd have to. I'd have to look. Yeah, they, they have some incredible stuff. Yeah, I would buy buy something like that and just put it up on display in the living room. Like, you know, this is like my regular MBMF, <laughs> you know. I'm friends with Max. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a table clock or 
but it's still it's uh it's pretty incredible they've they've got some cool uh machines they that they have so yeah you know what's interesting and i don't know um i don't know this for a fact someone told me but it's someone that i know is um, relatively close to to Max himself, and he mentioned that and Max of MBNF, not Max of of across time zones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he mentioned that the, their clock business is actually um, I don't know if outsourced is the right term, but that Max designs them, but it's not actually MBNF that makes them um, like they do the watches. Correct. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I can't think of the the company's name, but um, I mean, they actually promote some of you know Max's designs uh, on their website. But they are, in fact, the the clock maker. Um, I, I can't think of the name uh, off the top of my head. Yeah, we'll try and find it, and we'll put it in the in the show notes when we do. But yeah, I have a, I definitely have a massive crush on their new the smaller legacy machine i think it's like 40 millimeters yes the women's line absolutely sure. amazing <laughs> doesn't matter but yeah the the one that comes in in titanium with the green dial oh, but yeah. not that one i like the i think there's a gray dial or a blue dial i can't remember but that one it's just it's finally not that i could afford an mbnf anytime soon but I've always admired their pieces, but never lost it after one because I don't think I would enjoy wearing them. But this one, I could definitely see myself wearing it. Right. We can all lust and dream over, you know, about them. So maybe when Max hits it big on his uh, on his cryptocurrency, he'll he'll cash in for three of them or something. <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna splash around with MBMF and Richard <laughs> Miel and whatever. Let's have a um, hyper watch party yes well it's on record now yeah it is i mean seriously would you wear a uh i don't know a legacy machine to work because i know i wouldn't oh man I, I i don't think so but i i i don't know it's hard to say i i, I can just appreciate you know what they are and and all that but i mean i'd probably i'd probably wear it because Robert did, because I mean, you mentioned him with the Horacle. Yeah. He he wore his uh, legacy machine to work. Yes, yes, he did. So, yeah, he uh, he wore that. Uh, but I think you know, I've, I we talk quite a bit, um, and I've I've met up with him a few times, and and uh, I think his go-to piece is his BLNR. So that's uh, that's kind of his uh, his daily daily wear. What was your favorite Jorn that you saw? when you were going through them? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, uh, the chronometer, solve, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Souverain? Uh, yes, thank you very much. Um, and I think it's platinum, right? Is it, is it platinum or white gold? I think um, most of what he does is platinum, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know the reference number off the top of my head, but I, I just drooled over way too many pieces in that store. Um, I mean, they've, they've got some pretty incredible stuff. You know, that, that, that store is, is much different. Like I'm closer to, um, you know, LA and Beverly Hills area and you can't walk in and have that level of customer service, um, you know, that you have, uh, up at Steven Silver and I'm not sitting here trying to, you know, pr promote them or anything like that. It's just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a family owned store versus, you know, some of these other stores in, in Beverly Hills and, 
I feel like you're really, uh, you know, they're really sizing you up when you step through the door and, and half the time they don't even want to take uh, watches out of the case to show you, you know, whether you're a buyer or not. I mean, you know, an enthusiast can, can, uh, you know, take a step in and, and, and look and, and, you know, appreciate something. So they're not too keen on that. Yeah. I think somebody on Instagram, I don't remember which account, uh, he rented in his stories about going to an AD asking for some, some piece. He was wearing the same brand on his wrist. He said he wouldn't name the brand or the AD. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he said something like the salesperson didn't even want to, uh, they had it in store, but they didn't even want to put out the piece. Only if uh, he was uh, he was um, like willing to buy it, like if his intention of buying it was there, and he was like, you know, I'm I don't commit to buying a watch unless I see it, <laughs> which is like totally right, totally true. That's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a I don't know if I ever told this story on the podcast, but when I first moved to the U.S. From Canada, I guess it was five years ago or so. No, actually, um, early 2015. So then in 2016, the Ceramic Daytona came out and I went to an AD, whom, which I had no relationship because I had just recently moved in the country and I hadn't bought anything during that time. And I had asked if, if um, you know, and my son was just born in 2016, and I had asked if, if there was a way to, to get a ceramic Daytona to commemorate his birth, etc. And this is way before the market became what it is now, where you can't even get an Oster Perpetual, let alone a Daytona. Mm -hmm. And I remember the manager of the AD in the Bay Area, which I won't name, um, because, you know, the rest of the staff was kind, but the manager was there. I think he was the general manager. He literally laughed at me with my wife that was standing next to me and our newborn and said that, yeah, I could keep dreaming or something along those lines. And, and it was just the shittiest experience I've ever had. And two weeks later, or three weeks later, my, my AD that I have done, that I have since done, much more business with um, got me the the Daytona that I was looking for um, as the very first watch I had ever gotten from them. Mm -hmm. And I went back to that store because a friend was looking for, I forgot what my friend was looking for. And we were in that area. So we went in the store. And so this is like three weeks later and the, the general manager was there and he saw the Daytona on my wrist and his attitude <laughs> completely changed. And I, I don't think he remembered me. And I called him out and I was like, you, now all of a sudden I have one on the wrist and you're treating me like I'm worth your time. But when I was asking right. about it, you left me out of the store. And, right. and I remember one of the sales per people came up to, to my wife while I was not arguing, but putting him in his place. And he whispered to my wife that uh, he was glad I was saying this because that's the way he treats customers in general wow. and that was just really unfortunate to hear given wow. that you know people come in to commemorate a, a special occasion people come in to because they've saved up for something and they're excited and that's the service you give them and and it's just really unfortunate see you just you just said exactly what i was going to say about service i mean they they are in the service yes. and retail industry and people that walk through their doors to you know take a look at a watch or I mean, try and buy something 
I just, I just don't understand where this, I, I don't know. I, I think they're doing a disservice to the brands because mm-hmm. I've really run into some pretty nasty people and I can't say that for, you know, for all ADs. Cause I have, I have a few that, you know, I've got great relationships with, but you know, some of the other ones, if you're just, you know, stopping by, it's just unreal how, you know, some of them can treat you, uh, you know, as a customer, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And it's, it's also the fact that, um, we in the watch community who are pretty much up to date with what's going on with supplies and, uh, gray market and all that kind of stuff. We know, we know about Rolex, we know about the Nautilus, we know, but, um, I imagine like a mm-hmm. non-watch person, like, I don't know, somebody got a big paycheck bump or as OT had a newborn and just wants to celebrate with one watch. And they happen to like the Daytona. They heard about the Daytona. They probably don't even know how it looks like, but you know, oh, I just want a Daytona. So maybe a friend of them, of theirs had a Daytona. Doesn't matter. And they just walk in. So, oh, you know, I want to buy a Daytona. And they're like, fuck you. Like, who are mm-hmm. you? And it's it, it's weird because they don't even know where they're coming from. Right. Like, why are right. you mean? Like, wh- why are you treating me like shit because I asked for a watch? I have I don't know what's yep. happening, and it's weird. I really think that that treatment right there. You know, if, if that was my first experience, I mean, in my opinion, you would lose a customer almost for life because I think it would just kill kill the experience. Uh, you know, right off the start. Um, you know, like you said, some of us. Uh, yep. You know kind of understand that the supply and demand and, and what's hot and what's not and what's available and and stuff like that but but to somebody that's uh you know very uh new you know maybe to the hobby or, or whatever you want to call it um you know they walk in and have that type of experience i i wouldn't buy a watch you know after that if, if that was me yeah i mean i've i've never ever spent a dime in that store you know, after that experience, and I've had friends ask me over the years, you know, what watch they they should buy for this or that, because, yeah. you know, you're that watch person in their life. And I'm sure the three of us and everyone listening is the watch person in their friend's exactly. life. And, you know, I've had people ask me, oh, it's my wedding. And I just want, you know, I grew up liking the Submariner because I think it's cool. And I send them to, to my other AD or actually my AD, because the one I just talked the story about, I don't consider anything. <laughs> but... You know, and so you develop, you appreciate the the the, the salesperson, the manager, the, the the organization that is actually going to treat you well, and you're going to treat them well. And they shouldn't do it because they expect referrals, and you shouldn't do it because you expect good anything out of them. But I think there's a very basic level of respect that you should receive and give to people in the service industry. And when someone's laughing at you, that's just not, yeah, that just ruins everything. Yeah, totally. But uh, was it the manager of the place or was he the owner of the place? There, It was the GM. Because that shit can get him fired. Right. Like if I was the owner and some, some of my employees would pull something with a client no, like that. It's unfortunately, I'll just say that unfortunately, that wouldn't get him fired there, and he's still there to this day. Well, you, you should link the name of DAD in the show notes, because fuck, fuck those guys. I mean, seriously. No, like I said, the rest of the staff was great, so if you happen to go and he's not there, and you have a good experience with, you know, the person that happens to work there, I don't want to, you know, it'd be unfortunate if those good people get impacted yeah, good, good by point. the actions of one person. 
Yeah, that sounds like uh, President Trump and the entire US. So people shouldn't hurt because of one idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. <laughs> no politics. No politics. Oh, that's funny. I was going to say that that's a that's a whole nother podcast there. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any voting rights in the US, so I'm just a um, European citizen yeah, who can say I. whatever he wants because he's basically an outsider to US politics. So, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about FP Jorn and Pedro, uh, Detroit Watch guy, yeah. who is he's a podcast alum. He got his his FP Jorn recently. I know he consolidated a few pieces into it, and stunning. I think that yeah, I think that's my favorite too. I think it's the same one you mentioned. Yes, yes, it's just, it's just so incredible. Classy, very classy. Yeah, yeah. I think he's been posting a Helios and an FP Jorn lately. Baller. Yeah, it's kind of a perfect combo. I think I saw the other day. Not not reverting back to Panerai. As, as I have been, but I think he mentioned the other day that he missed his Panerai. So uh, I'm sure at some point he'll, he'll be adding one back to his collection. But right now, I mean, that FP Jorn ticks a lot of boxes. So yeah, gray, gray is my favorite color or, or lack thereof, I suppose. And uh, that strap alone is just unbelievable. Yeah, the gray, the gray uh, complements that watch very well. I mean, um, I, I've got the gray dial, uh, Royal Oak and, you know, a lot of people, yes, a lot that's of, my favorite, a lot of people mention, you know, they're, Oh, it's too monotone. I'm like, you know what? You really have to put it on your wrist and, and get out with it. And really, uh, I mean, you see dark grays, you see light grays, you see silver tones. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of different colors that, that come out of that dial, depending on the lighting. Um, it's, uh, it's pretty neat. Yeah. The gray one is my favorite. Yeah, I, I would agree. So even even over the blue, like I love blue. Um, I'm crazy about blue. But when I saw the gray, I just I fell in love. So yeah, I think most of most people go for the blue because it's the boutique only edition. And it's still kind of like part of the hype. Yeah, I was at the AP boutique last year asking for a look when I tried one on. And uh, initially I wanted to I wanted the blue one. Uh, then I said, oh, you know, it's a six months, eight months wait. And then I said, ah, what about the black dial? And they were like, one month, you'll have it. I was like, okay. Yeah. I tried it on. It didn't fit my wrist. Um, the 15... Uh, 400. 400. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was a bit too big for it. I was kind of like in between sizes. It, it was... And with those lugs, yeah. probably the, the smaller one would fit nicely, but I'll try it on at some point. Yeah, I think the smaller ones, what, it's a 15450 is the reference, and I think it's, what, 37 millimeter? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, correct. 37 millimeter. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's a nice Yeah, they piece. didn't have that one in store. They, didn't, they had a 15, yeah, and they they had a 15202, uh, um, but it was in rose mm. gold, and it was heavy as fuck, and I was... I mean, it looked nice, but I still want my seconds hand because I, I want to know when the watch is stopped. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I can understand that. Yeah, the fifteen two hundred two really has amazing proportions. I think it's 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 the most balanced out of all of them, in my opinion. Yes. You know, aesthetically. So yeah, I owned both the well, not both at the same time, but I owned the fifteen four hundred, which I found too big for my wrist. Um, right. But I have, you know. I guess a little above average, like seven and a quarter, seven and a half inch wrist. What is average, anyways? I'm, I, I don't know. I, I've heard someone say six and a, six and three quarter to seven is average. 
um, as wow. far as manufacturers are concerned. They consider yeah. that average six, three quarters to seven. Um, but point being, the 15400... Cool. So I'm average. <laughs> Thank you, watch manufacturers, for making me average. Well, then I'm, I'm above average, I guess. I, I have a seven and a half inch wrist. And, um, you know, it, it's quite funny. I post some of these uh, photos where I've got my arms crossed. And everybody says, you know, is that a 33 you know, millimeter sub on your wrist? I'm like, my God, are my wrists that fat or big? Or what, what's the deal? Because <laughs> it, it must just be the angle. Because in all, all honesty, I mean, I don't think it looks bad. Like I love, I love wearing a 40 millimeter watch. So. No, it doesn't look bad. I know exactly the photo you're referring to. I think you're wearing, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at it right now. You're wearing a polo and you have glasses tucked into your um in your shirt yeah. and yeah, yeah the sub does look small in that photo but it's just because you're pressing your arm on the other arm and it just like expands it i'm so glad somebody understands that so <laughs> and don't worry that's going to be the cover photo max, for the max you're not allowed to talk anymore you're amongst above average company here <laughs> oh, i'm sorry <laughs> that's funny Max, but I'm please, curious. guys, entertain the peasants. <laughs> Max, I am curious. I know you wear a 44 millimeter Panerai. What size is your wrist? Uh, around six and three quarters, oh, seven, wow. okay. you know, average. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it actually wears nicely. I don't have any issue with it. I think the it lugs are finely proportioned. Uh, the Royal Oak is probably the mm -hmm. only watch which really wears weirdly just because of the case shape. But I haven't had any issue yeah, with any other watch. So what I was going to yeah. say is, um, so I've, I've owned the 15450 and the 15400 in separate occasions. And I found the 15400 sit too big on my wrist. And I don't know if it's mm -hmm. because I'm so used to, or rather used to and very much enjoy 38 to 40. And, right. and a 15400, despite the fact that it's, what, 41, wears more like 43. It does wear big. Um, and then the 15450, which is 37, um, wears kind of like a 39 millimeter Daytona. Right. So it's about the same. But I just found it too, I don't know, it, it wasn't proportionate anymore. Like the, the grand tapisserie dial of the 15400 and 15450 doesn't translate as much because it's physically smaller watch with just as big details on the dial. So I wish the right. 15450 had the petite tapisserie dial of the 15202. Then I think it would be perfect. You know, you said that beautifully. I couldn't repeat that, but that was great. <laughs> French is my native tongue, so I won't. Oh, oh my dear. gosh. I, I, I won't make it look like it's super easy. Cool. <laughs> He's bawling right now, like, uh, Grand Tropicerie, or whatever. You can mm -hmm. say it, too. Yeah, I studied French in high school for, like, two years. <laughs> oh, there it is. Que hora es? <laughs> Ocho. <laughs> well done, Max. <laughs> I, I wish they, they still had a, a 15300, like, mm. you know, the 39 millimeter non-jumbo. Yeah. I wish that was still around, because that was the perfect size for a non-jumbo. Yeah, that's a nice. Piece. But they fucked up the date window. It was uh, offset. It was white. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'll take that and then just put some, you know, blue marker on it or something. Mod it. <laughs> so, so are, are the three of us all in, uh, in agreement that uh, we could omit a date window on every watch? Because I can't stand it. Fuck yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Hundred percent. Yeah, that's uh. If you want to start a petition, I'm happy to sign it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I think that's why I love my sub and the Daytona because there's no date. But um, I mean, I've got my Panerai and my Royal Oak. They both have dates, and it drives me crazy. Yeah, and I, I talked about this last week. But if a watch has to have a date, and I happen to like that watch, I'll put up with the date as long as there's nothing calling attention yes. to the date. So no Cyclops, no Grand Seiko does like a really cool framed, polished date uh, date frame, I guess, around the date window. Yeah. I don't want that either. Just if it has to have a date, I want it to be as inobtrusive as possible. Uh, maybe at six o'clock, I think. Nomos does it with the Metro where they actually replaced uh, the numeral on the dial with the date. And it's, it's funny because if I have the Metro on on the sixth of the month, it looks like a no date watch which is really yeah. cool yeah they do that really well and the the tangente update with the date around the in the chapter ring is incredible too yeah i, yeah. I don't like when they bring too much attention to the date window it's uh, mm-hmm. crazy or the one on the travel time or the um, uh, 57 12 oh yeah i don't mind that yeah i i, I don't i don't either Oh yeah, I actually like those. I like the way they do the dates. Yeah, if if you have to have a date window and it's done well or it's really unobtrusive, I don't mind it. But a Cyclops, no thanks. Hashtag <laughs> kill the Cyclops. What do you think my Explorer would look like without a Cyclops? Awesome. It would look great. I can send you photos of mine. <laughs> yeah, I, I know somebody else has done that. Some somebody. Yeah, I've not seen it done on. Uh, <laughs> I've not seen it done on the on the forty two. I haven't, but uh, I'm sure we can make that happen. But is there a repre- uh, replacement crystal for yeah. that one? Because it's I think it's the only forty two. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, that's a good the, point. The only that's other forty two I can think of right now is yeah. the Sky Dweller, which has a Cyclops. Hmm. Right. Well, the new Yacht Master that that's forty two, but huh. uh, I don't necessarily um, think that the it should fit. I don't think they play around. I think it's the same crystal on all of them. It just they just throw in the cyclone mm. for manufacturing yeah. costs. Would be interesting though. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, R- Rolly works right. <laughs> yes, Brett, send me your watch. I'll send it back in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Next week on Baywatch. <laughs> someone someone asked me why I didn't name. The watch the bay meetup group baywatch baywatch yeah yeah why i was like i was like i'm pretty sure there's a lot of litigation associated with that free press <laughs> is good press mm-hmm. max are you gonna come run in slow motion shirtless in the meetup uh, only if pamela <laughs> anderson runs next to me <laughs> i don't know that we could arrange that but it would be a hell of a time <laughs> so, i know right um, it'd probably be the most attended watch meetup ever wow Hopefully the focus would be on the wrist, you know. <laughs> no, it would be on Max running in slow motion for sure. You'll find me in the gym starting tomorrow. <laughs> I have to get ripped for my appearance on Baywatch. That's funny. Speaking of that, uh, OT, I, w- I would love to come up and, and uh, you know, meet you in person and meet some of the guys. I, I've attended a couple of the Red Bar SF events up there and, and really enjoyed my time with some of those guys. And, and uh, you know, I get up in that area quite a bit. Because my my brother and sister in law they live over in Marin, so um, you know I've I've met up with uh, quite a few locals up there, and and uh, sorry we couldn't connect last time. They were 
they were getting married and there was oh there that's was all, it's all good too many festivities going on exactly and, you know so anyways yeah you got to meet up with zach yeah yeah you know he he lives zach is the best oh he's so great he's uh i love his instagram and, and you know come to find out uh quite a few i say quite a few years it's might have been you know a year and a half or two years ago uh he had reached out i think when he was doing some stuff for doxa um and we had a discussion in email and i said hey did you happen to email me a year or two ago with doxa and he goes yeah that was me i'm like man this is so crazy you know everything comes uh you know full circle and and uh, he's he's an exceptional guy i i enjoyed it we had some coffee and and uh, i think he was about to head out to Texas uh, with yes. Mui Shant, I believe it was, mm-hmm. uh, and do a little trip with them. But it was, a, it was a nice time. Yeah, Zach's one of my favorite people in the world. He's just, just such an amazing person. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, uh, we just post, we ju- I say we, but it's really just me. <laughs> I just posted uh, a lot of the upcoming events throughout the summer going into the fall um on the website so yeah take a look um anyone listening that is in the bay area and isn't already taking part of the events please subscribe rsvp we'd love to have you um yeah the the group is just open to anyone the the events are made public in a safe place uh, with security and cameras and all that stuff and so it's just always fun to see new people that are joining the the quote-unquote real-life watch community for the first time. I always say it. So even for average people like myself? Well, not you, but... <laughs> no, of course, everyone and anyone at any level, whether... And it's really funny, like, we, we, we do these meetups and you, you come, you see someone that, come in, that comes in with their very first Seiko 5 because they, they heard that that was a great watch to start with or an SKX, and then you have someone that... Um, I think a couple of weeks ago had the new Elongen Zone Datograph Lumen. Wow. And the best part is, you know, they exchanged the watch so that they could both look at each other's watches because ultimately we all love watches, period, regardless of the price point or the brand. And um, yeah, I think it's super cool. And I, I, <laughs> I, when I was writing the, the description for the meetup group, I, th- I think I put something along the lines of, come mingle with people that won't tell you that they're sick of hearing about watches unlike your spouse or partner. <laughs> so. <laughs> you know what? I, I, have, I have to touch on that. I, I've heard a lot of people say that their partner gets tired of it. And, you know, my, my wife has been extremely supportive. Um, I mean, on my Sunday photos where my arms are crossed, I mean, she's the one actually taking the photo. So, um, I mean, I probably drive her crazy at times, but she's uh she's definitely supportive in that sense and and appreciates uh you know because it's an outlet for me you know appreciates the creativity and and you know that i enjoy it and so it's i i have to i have to you know add 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 a little bit for for some of the supportive wives out there so yeah same here i mean i'm I'm recording this while she's entertaining us son to make sure he doesn't come in this room so (laughs) For sure, a lot of love and support to all the uh, the wives go. and husbands of the watch fam that support us. Amen. Cool. I think on that note, we can start wrapping up. What's that? Amen. You were preaching. Amen. I was. I was the choir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but just yeah. playing my part like average people, you know? <laughs> oh, we're never going to hear the end of this one, are we? <laughs> oh, no. This is staying here. <laughs> uh, I marked my calendar funny. the day I became average because of watch companies. <laughs> Which watch company said that, by the way? I can't remember, but it, I've heard it from a few different reps. So I think it must be just, it must be like a market research thing where where they were when they were figuring out best case sizes or whatever i don't know yeah yeah my- but if if there's anything we do know i think through the three of us and the rest of the watch community is that brands typically don't know what the hell they're yeah. doing so i would agree it's probably not panerai because they do 40 something four right so pan panerai is- well then you're below then average it's, um uh it's probably not normals because <laughs> they do smaller ones so um i'm looking at omega fuck you omega that's my ban for today. Well, you you already burnt that bridge, so that's okay. Yeah. You know, I I have I, just to add something on that. I I, I have noticed uh, like specifically with tag, um, you know, some of their I had a tag uh, Altavia chronograph, and the leather strap that it came on was beautiful, but I was like on the I don't know second to last hole, and it was really uncomfortable. Um, so they they do need to start catering to, you know, people with uh I guess larger than average wrists. <laughs> so oh, I was waiting for an amen from Mac. <laughs> no, no. I, I wanted to choir. say something, but I, I ignored Tag Hoyer like altogether. Like <laughs> there is your band for the week. <laughs> I, I walked past the Tag Hoyer booth at Basel where without even looking what they had. Like I don't give a fuck about Tag Hoyer. <laughs> That's how much I love Tag Hoyer. Like I don't give a shit. I don't even remember their name. I haven't opened their website in four years. Though I, 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 will I, point news, out, I will point I out that it. both my and your first quote-unquote serious watch was one. Yep, that's true. And then I, uh, I winded uh, the watch at some point, and I was holding the crown with the stem in my right hand, and the watch was on my left wrist. It's like, oh, oh. interesting. Okay, I got it serviced and it's still working, but it's, you know. <laughs> well, me, I don't have it anymore, so. Fuck them. Well, on that very positive note, Brett, thanks again so much for coming on the show and making the time. Uh, we really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun and definitely looking forward to seeing what else you you do on both your account as well as the head-to-head copycat account. Yeah, thank you guys very much. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. I like I said, you guys keep doing what you're doing with the with the podcast, and um, you know you'll you'll definitely have a, a lifetime subscriber. You thank know, you. Appreciate it. from myself, I I really enjoy it. So thank you guys. Take that, cable companies. Like this is how you do lifetime subscribers. There you go. <laughs> I have no idea why I said that, but it sounded funny in my head. So sounds personal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, Max, thank you as always. Thank you, Ot. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, guys. And to everyone, to everyone listening, we'll catch you on the next one. Thank you. Cheers. Ciao. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on Spotify or iTunes. And also, please leave us a review. Thank you and catch you on the next one.